1: I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Wednesday, and I'm here with Joy Behar. This is Behind the Table. All right, Joy, it is a big day today. This was an exciting day. The sitting vice president of the United States, Kamala Harris, was here. Um, I thought it was a great interview. What were your takeaways?
2: I'm glad she came this time Mm -hmm. and she was able to really hold her own, I thought.
1: I thought she did great. I mean, these were not uh, easy questions. I think there's a feeling like because several of the panelists are are supporters of the president that this would be an easy interview. But I think you guys had challenging questions that she met the challenge for.
2: Well, she needs to prove to the country that she could be president. God forbid if anything happens to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And that's true of any vice president, not just this one. Because he happens to be 81 years old. I mean, everybody's harping on that. Meanwhile, the other guy is doddering in my opinion.
1: Well, you came in. I think that was the thing you were most interested in talking to her about. Well, because
2: that's all I hear, because that's all they have on the right wing, because the guy has done so much for the country, Biden. Mm -hmm. And yet I hear people say, well, he's done a lot for the other guy, did a lot for the country. What did he do? What did he do? His policy on COVID was horrible. He never built the wall that he promised. Even Ann Coulter turned on him for that.
1: Well, with COVID, so what did
2: he do exactly?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's always interesting with COVID because the people that are upset with Dr. Fauci, as Alyssa's pointed out many times, yeah, Donald Trump. I mean, I like Dr. Fauci quite a bit, but Donald Trump's the one who empowered Dr. Dr. Fauci and and followed his guidance. So, who are you mad at? People. The timeline gets very muddled for people. Why are they mad at him in the first place when he was basically trying to save your ass? Sure. No, I agree. Um, I mean, we have these kind of big interviews often. You've sat down with many presidents many. and Every many president. vice presidents.
2: I've met uh, uh, Clinton several times, not just here. Mm-hmm. And um, Hillary, of course, Clinton. And uh, Jimmy Carter was on The View. Obama was on The View. Um, I know you never met,
1: uh, you never had him on the show, but do you ever meet W. Bush?
2: No. I, I was glad I never met him because when he was in office, I was very much against what he was doing in sure. Iraq. But I knew that he was going to be, that he's a charmer and and fun. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to meet him because it would taint my opinion of him. Yeah. But now that that's all over... He's fine.
1: Yeah, he can come on and talk about his paintings. We can do well,
2: it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have any I don't hold grudges. No. Although if I was a somebody who lost my life in Iraq, you know, a mother of one of those boys, I might have been I might not feel so sanguine.
1: On a day when you wake up and we have someone here, is this an exciting day for you? Do you think about it a lot? Do you feel like you have a responsibility to ask big questions and No. 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 Your well, thought process is the same as if we have, yeah. uh, you know, Mario Cantone on. It's kind of the same vibe. Yeah, basically. Mhm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing it a long time. I guess not a lot of things rattle you. I got up. I was charged this morning. I was nervous, yeah. excited. I was. I was very happy about it. But I do feel a responsibility to uh, make sure that because the show represents these different perspectives, to make sure that we're asking the questions that the people at home want asked, whether they're supporters or concerned right. or challenging. Right. And of I think, course. I think it's interesting that I think we do, we do people a disservice if we don't ask tough questions, even if we agree with them. Yeah, don't you?
2: Well, the press does ask tough questions. They ask Nikki Haley, "Is this a racist country?"
1: And she mm-hmm. doesn't
2: give an authentic answer. Right. So when they come on this show, if they didn't, they didn't give an authentic answer, we would we could do a follow up. Yes. You know what? If if I, she was here and she said no, Ray, the country was never racist ever. I said, well, what about slavery? That would come right out of my mouth.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But um,
1: in q and A, Q&A, it's but, different.
2: Yeah, but those people don't come on the show.
1: No. Well, hopefully they will. I mean, there's still time. I'd love to have Nikki Haley on the show. Well,
2: if eventually she might come on.
1: I don't know if you remember this, but when we first got back from break, you were saying what you wanted more than anything else was every week to have one big political yeah, guest. I do like that. And since you said that, we've had Chris Christie, Liz Cheney, the vice president of the United yeah. States. So we're, we're doing it. I'm working on it. Nothing like to do Who do you have yet. in mind? I'd like to have Nikki Haley very much. Nikki Haley. I don't think she'll come on yet. I think she needs to. And, and I think if she was running for president, as you know... Generally speaking, people don't get elected president if they're not on the show during Absolutely. the campaign. Absolutely,
2: yeah. That's what happened to Hillary Clinton. She was advised by people to not come on the show. Mm-hmm. And I said that is a big mistake. She did
1: come on, but she didn't only came on the one time. And, because yeah.
2: I know her from various incarnations, Hillary mm-hmm. Clinton. And she's warm and funny and friendly. And that's where you show those cards is on this show.
1: Yeah. No, I think so for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, the, uh, President Biden was on before Yes, uh, Donald well, Trump. Even called in before he was elected. That's I mean, true. Yeah. You have to face your critics and you have to face tough conversations. Yeah. Um, and we've had a lot of Republicans on this year and and we'll continue to. And they're fair conversations. Good. Um, and you on. like it more than anyone. I do. Yeah. Um, one thing that made me laugh this morning when I met with the the VP, uh, she was admiring our mug. And she oh, was excited yeah. we had six people today. And she said, I get the full mug today, <laughs> which made me laugh quite Did you a bit. give her one? Yeah, of course. Or did you say, I'm sorry, it's a prop? No, she gets she gets <laughs> to take it home if she wants. It's fun. The, the, the mug's a big hit with people. How
2: about one for the president? He might have liked one, too.
1: Well, I think he's got to come and get one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be good to get Joe Biden on the show.
1: I, I, I suspect it'll happen. Um, he's going to come on. I think so. I mean, he... Uh, Certainly, you know, he hasn't been on since he won, but he was on several times during the last campaign, yeah. uh, both in person and via uh, remote. So hopefully we'll get him. And right. uh, there's a lot to talk to him about, too. We got 10 months to go, but we're really in it now. Uh-huh. Um, all right. So the other thing the vice president said today was that she was scared as heck at the prospect that Trump could be president again. Did that surprise you that she would say that out loud?
2: Did I, that she would say it out loud?
1: Yeah. It, she, it mirrors she, what uh, she Michelle made, Obama said. She
2: needs to say it out loud. Yeah. That there is palpable fear in the country on mm-hmm. the left, or people with with who are watching what's going on, people in the middle, not people on the right. They they're not, they're, they're all for him. But there's nothing you can do about that. But girl. I
1: think does that give an impression that she's not confident they're going to win?
2: Oh, um, well, listen. You know, it's you know Whoopi likes to say it's on a, uh, on us. Mm-hmm. She talks about that a lot on the show. The truth of the matter: you have an electoral college? You know, the Republican Party hasn't won the popular vote for decades. They never win the popular vote, but they they can win the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. Then there's this gerrymandering where you get people like Marjorie Taylor Greene in there, even if everybody else doesn't want her because she's in the right district. She gets to have power in Congress. Those those are things. And then there's third party candidates who are popping up all over the place. Right. And I don't know if, you know, those those I'm old enough to remember Ralph Nader, who spoiled it for Al Gore. Yeah. No. So I don't believe that it's just yes, you should be frightened, not because you're not competent, not because Joe Biden is not doing a great job, but because of the system, which is rigged against democracy in a certain way. It yeah. is.
1: Well, it's weighted in, in certain yeah. ways, I think. Um all right, so let's switch some gears to some lighter topics, which okay. I know you enjoy, and we didn't get a chance to do any today. No. Yesterday, we talked about if you should ever tell your friend that you don't like their husband or partner. We did it with Sarah in the podcast yesterday. And what did she say? She said that, uh, no, you shouldn't, but she's done it in her personal life and has regretted it.
2: So she, oh, she has regretted it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the person turned on person's her. upset, yeah. Well, you take the risk. It's like, do you tell the truth and possibly lose a friend mm-hmm. and maybe save her life? Or do you take the coward's way out and not tell the truth?
1: It's hard to imagine that you telling the truth would really change the the, the end result, though. Do you think so? You think there are people in your life that were going to get married, but if you don't like them and say something bad, you know, they'll take you know, it out. You know, it's
2: funny about that because um, all of my close friends uh, have self awareness. Mm-hmm. If they did, if they they would not be in a situation where they would be going out with some kind of drug addict or alcoholic. I don't think so. Not anybody I can think of.
1: I have friends that uh, have given, like our friend Robin, our mutual friend, who Robin yeah. Hummel, who is the executive broadcast producer yeah. and a uh, very skilled producer who runs our Hot Topics team, Yes, when uh, she and I have been friends for a long time. And when uh, we would go out occasionally in a group and I would be bringing dates along before I met my wife. Uh-huh. And Robin uh, was never shy to tell me how she felt about someone I was bringing. Well, that up.
2: was before there was a commitment. Yeah, well, this was early on. Nipping I was bringing it in someone. the bud. Yeah, yes. she was—I
1: remember one particular night we were out, and she pulled me aside and said, Brian, you need to get rid of this one. She brings nothing to the table. Uh-huh. That was her takeaway. And so. you married her No, No. <laughs> and that was my wife, Heather. <laughs> no, uh, it was it. But, but she was very—but I—, I resented her saying it, but at the same time, Did she you? was right. Yeah, a little Why? bit. Why? Because
2: you were hot for her.
1: I liked the girl. Yeah, yeah but, uh, but, it was, uh, but it, she was right. She brought nothing to the table, and I moved on. Yeah, but
2: that story that you brought up here is yes. about an engaged person.
1: Yes, it's a little Not more just
2: on the first date.
1: Right. So I think that's the trick. You have, to, you have to speak your mind early. We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage shopify is there to help you grow whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person pos system Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. All lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view.
0: Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers' group text podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where Is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast, now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.
1: We also had a topic on the show today about open marriages. Um, oh, yeah. I asked Sarah about this yesterday, and she said that she couldn't do it because she'd be jealous, that she respects the idea of it and mm-hmm. sees value in it, mm-hmm. but that the jealousy would be a problem for her. What about you? You're not a jealous person, but if Steve came to you and said you, he wanted that, what would you say?
2: I'm not an envious person, but I could be jealous. Oh, okay. There's a the difference. I don't envy what people have or get in the world. Let them have it. Mm-hmm. But if my husband's now falling in love—see, the problem with these well, it's things— it's not love, I don't think. Well— these kinds of liaisons often can turn into, like, a real love affair. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, you know, they're tuning up their car instead of yours.
1: Okay, I understand you know? that. But yeah. they're
2: closing the storm windows on their house and mm-hmm. not mine. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't approve of that kind of behavior, exactly. Right. And it's not an affair. No. An affair is treacherous, but fun.
1: Yeah, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> So you, the, the joy of an affair for you is the scariness of it. Well,
2: the, an affair is different. Adultery, the reason it's so popular is because it's fun to, to have to commit adultery. Let's face facts. <laughs> People deny that, but it's true. doesn't mean I would do it. Sure, I'm of course. am just saying... But you see the appeal. On observation, I can see the appeal. Yeah. You know, it keeps you going. Yeah. Especially after many years with the same person, and then you're getting bored. The threat of getting caught. The possibility of getting caught keeps the anxiety level high. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think it's a great idea. Yeah, no. no, but marriage is difficult. It's very hard. Marriage is to difficult. To stay tuned into that person for many, 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 many years, including the sexuality part. Sure. Which is hard.
1: Marriage is difficult. I think the... Fee- I got enough stress in my life to have to worry about getting that's caught for cheating. Too, yeah. that, that's... I don't... I'm not wanting for extra uh, stress.
2: If I've me. met your wife and I really, really would guard against you going off with somebody else.
1: Yeah. No, I think... Uh, she,
2: Heather, would not put up with this. No. I, I, he-
1: she would have your ass on a stick. Yeah, I think that's accurate. <laughs> I think that's accurate. She certainly... As I've also said, I don't think I would. There'd be no second chances, but there'd right. be uh, swift vengeance.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd be out the door. Yes. And she'd take the kids with her.
1: Yes. Yes. So be careful. Yeah. All right. I'm on it. I mean, that's, that's not the only reason I'm not going to cheat, but that that's a good reason. <laughs> uh, all right. Speaking about relationships. Yeah. We talked about this in the Hot Topics meeting. There was a story about a woman who wasn't sure she should give up her new job and move to another state with her boyfriend. Mm. They're both lawyers. And she doesn't want to regret giving up a good relationship for a job. What do you think about this? Would you uh, I mean, you're a career minded person in several respects. Well,
2: I have my own story, but, you know, I Please. gave up I, I gave up my basically my life in New York to move to Rhode Island with my husband, mm-hmm. my first husband. Right. Who was a professor in Rhode Island. And I didn't like it. Were and you... I, I worked for two years to get him back in New York.
1: Yeah. Which it worked. Were you conflicted initially about it or you just moved and felt like it wasn't working? I did not want to go. Right.
2: I was just being the dutiful wife. I Mm -hmm. look back on it and I shouldn't have gone. Yeah. I betrayed myself. I should have said, listen, I'm staying here. I have my job here. I have my friends, my family. I do not want to move to Rhode Island.
1: What were you doing at the time? Were you teaching? No,
2: I was actually as an employment counselor. Oh. I've had many jobs. Yeah. Until I was 40, I had a million jobs.
1: Wow. And so, mm-hmm. and were you still thinking about performing at that point? Or was that? No, the, no, no, it never occurred to me. Wow. Okay. It was so just you,
2: funny at parties.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> and I thought, I have to monetize this. Sure. Uh huh.
1: So then you made the decision. But yeah. the, uh, okay, so you moved to Rhode Island, you're miserable, and you got to get back. Yeah. And had to So you do I don't
2: it? think that you, women don't necessarily move for their husbands anymore because their careers are just as, as important as theirs. Sure. At that time, my, I didn't really have a career as much as he did, I had a job. Mm hmm. But he had a career. He was a professor. You
1: know? I got offered a job when I was engaged in Los Angeles. And uh, they, my wife was open to moving out there but wasn't thrilled about it. But then uh, they were trying to get me so hard that they promised her a job on the Ellen DeGeneres show as a production assistant. Oh. She was really into that. Well,
2: that's a good compromise. That was a good compromise. Yeah, that worked.
1: And then, unfortunately, uh, I—well, not unfortunately. Fortunately, I got my job at the Letterman Show. And then you got back. And I turned it down and didn't move. And then she was a little annoyed she didn't get to go to work for Ellen. (laughs) So, you know. You can't win. No, I can't win. Um, All right. Julia Roberts recently did an interview where she said, I'm very forthright. There are lots of personalities in the world that don't accept that easily, and it can seem really harsh even if I feel like I'm just being honest about something and saying this is how I see it. Are
2: you describing me now? Uh,
1: well, let's finish is the Is that quote. what your
2: point is here?
1: Let me finish the quote. No, because the next part is I'm never trying to be unkind. Now, I personally find you, Joy Behar, to be a very honest person. Does being an honest person lead you to trouble sometimes? My mother used to say, good luck with your mouth. <laughs> okay? You're unfiltered.
2: I say things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: I'm trying to be honest as possible.
1: No, I think that's fine. Let's talk about something you're excited about. We have Clive Owen coming on the
2: love show. Clive love Clive Owen. Love, he's
1: on the show this week. Yes. What do you... Uh, do you what... see,
2: he has a series called Second Sight on Britbox.
1: I haven't seen it. You love that Britbox.
2: Well, because the Brits know what they're doing with uh, all this stuff, especially with the detectives. That's their their greatest contribution besides historical drama. Um, what they... is it
1: about British television that, that you enjoy? It's well
2: done. Mm-hmm. The actors... First of all, the thing about... Listen, if I was British, I would have been an actress.
1: Mm-hmm. I can see that.
2: Because in Britain, you can work constantly and until you're in the grave. Yes. In this country, your life is over at a certain point. The the possibilities are limited. If you're an old person there who's doddering, you can be in a Charles Dickens movie. <laughs> They'll give it to you. Here, no. Here, no. So, um, and he, he played a, blonde, a guy who was getting going into blindness but he was a detective solving crimes second sight get it okay i get it but he had insight mm-hmm. but not real sight
1: right if it was an american show he'd have telepathic powers and exactly something sight. like that et's
2: exactly. e. would come down and give him a sight back yeah but this is clive owen and that show and then he's in this new show uh monsieur spade where he plays in America. yes
1: that's what we're having him yeah. on for yeah and so you're excited for that yeah. that's a good one yeah and then on friday jody foster oscar award winner never been on the show before right that's I like exciting. her.
2: Very good actress. Yeah.
1: So we've got a lot of... And that's a detective yeah. show that I think you would like, True Detective. So that's a, that's a good show, too. Yes. Yeah. But that's an
2: American show. It is.
1: But I think you'd like it. Okay. I think you'd like it. So there's. I mean,
2: I don't put down all American shows. No. I like them. But the Brits have a particular way with it. You know, they have uh, uh, Agatha Christie.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then there's a guy... There's a show called Cracker. Mm-hmm. And it's written by a guy named Jimmy McGovern. It's just the best detective show. This huge guy plays a shrink who solves crimes. Um, a Robbie a Coltrane, his name is, and he yeah. died no, this I past know. year. That series, you should check mm-hmm. it out. Then there's something called I Foil. I know him from
1: Harry Potter. That's my level of... Uh, I never saw yeah, that. I know.
2: Then there's also a Foil. I'm just recommending to people. Yeah, I appreciate Wonderful it. shows. Foil's War, which is about a detective during World War II in a town in England called Hastings, where he has to solve local crimes. They're a little bit connected to World War II. I liked Sherlock Holmes with Jeremy Brett. The, I've seen those. That, that group. Yeah. And then there's um, uh, Poirot mm-hmm. with uh, David Suchet. Mm-hmm. These are great detective shows. I, I love uh, Professor Linley. Uh, detective Lindley is another one that I like.
1: What else have you liked recently? Any movies? It's Oscar season. Is there anything well, you really I didn't, killed? Well, I don't
2: really like uh, these long uh, movies. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put anything down. I love Scorsese, but that movie's a little long. The same with Oppenheimer.
1: Yeah. I love Scorsese too. Um, you and I have often talked about some of his movies. And, the greatest. Yeah. Well, um, I mean,
2: you know, the Italian-Americans, they're very good directors.
1: Absolutely. Coppola,
2: Sofia, and her father, mm-hmm. and Scorsese.
1: I'd love to have Scorsese come on uh, this year for that movie. Um, he's a great interviewer. you think
2: we would get him on?
1: We, we're asking. I'd love to have him. Well, um, De
2: Niro's come on the show. Many oh.
1: times, yeah. Oh. And I've uh, interviewed uh, Scorsese before, and he's just a, Terrific interview, although he got annoyed. All I wanted to talk to him about was Goodfellas. And he said, You know, I've made other movies. <laughs> yeah, I know.
2: You know, I mean, he made Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, which mm-hmm. is not exactly in the usual genre.
1: No, no, he does all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not just, you know, violence and crime with him. He can That's do anything. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, listen, thank you for joining me, Joy. Tomorrow, I will be back on the show with Alyssa. In the meantime, we have this hotline that we've started. We talked about this. If you have a question or you want advice from Joy, I'm going to say just Joy. Check the episode description for the number to our Behind the Table hotline because I think you have good advice and I think people do want your advice. All right. Yeah, I think it's good. Well, I have the benefit of age. And honesty. (laughs) Thank you very much and thank you for listening.
0: Step into the world of Hollywood like never before with Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast. Melissa, renowned for her red carpet expertise and storytelling prowess, invites you to join her and her famous friends for hilarious and heartfelt conversations. From discussing the latest binge-worthy TV shows, navigating the highs and lows of life, and dissecting celebrity fashion, there is never a dull moment. With exclusive stories from special guests like Chelsea Handler, Cheryl Hines, your favorite reality stars, and deep dives into intriguing topics like the Where Is Wendy Williams documentary, this podcast offers an insider's look into the glitz and glam of Tinseltown. It's not just Melissa's podcast. It's a collective experience where you're invited to join the conversation. So if you've ever wanted to peek behind the Hollywood curtain, subscribe to Melissa Rivers Group Text Podcast, now on your favorite platform. Get ready for laughter, tears, gossip. In other words, unforgettable moments that'll keep you coming back for more. Don't miss out. This is one group text you won't want to exit.